0: Hello, and welcome to The Goldmine, where you can find new investment insights from your favorite financial writers every day. Hi, I'm Ben Carlson, and this is how the stock market works. I've gotten a handful of emails and DMs in the past week from people who are becoming disheartened by the stock market just because of everything that's going on with the GameStop trading FASCO. A lot of people are confused and assume the market must be rigged against the normal investor. I actually think the small-time investor has a ton of advantages over the pros. You don't need to pay attention to the short-term performance or benchmarks or made-up risk-adjusted return metrics. You can play the long game and not worry about all the stuff professional investors are forced to obsess over. And one of the biggest reasons for the wealth inequality in this country is the fact that wealthy people own the majority of financial assets. We need more people invested in the stock market, not less. To better explain my thoughts on the matter, this is chapter 8 of my book, Everything You Need to Know About Saving for Retirement, called How the Stock Market Works. After getting engaged, my wife and I began having deeper philosophical conversations about how we would run our joint finances once we were married. We were in our mid to late 20s at the time, so I informed her I would like to put the majority of our retirement savings into the stock market. This was obviously a topic initiated by yours truly, since I'm the personal finance nerd of the relationship, but she was all for it. We covered our spending habits, budgeting, saving, debt, bill payments, and how we generally planned on setting long-term financial goals. It was a great talk and one I recommend every couple have at some point if they plan on staying together for the long haul. The fastest way to lose half of your money is not in the stock market crash, but a divorce. So it's a good idea to make sure you're on the same page when it comes to your finances. Since my wife and I both come from similar backgrounds when it comes to saving, spending, credit card debt, and living below our means, this is actually a pretty easy conversation considering how problematic finances can be for some couples. But there was one area where my wife needed some clarity, and that was on the topic of investing in the stock market. My wife, like most normal people, did not know much about the stock market except what she heard on the news or saw on TV or in the movies. So, when I told her we'd be saving the bulk of our retirement money in stocks, especially when we were younger, she was initially concerned. I mean, aren't stocks risky? Isn't this just gambling with our money? Isn't there a chance we could lose most of our money? Why don't we just play it safe? Working in the finance industry, I'm no stranger to Excel spreadsheets or PowerPoint presentations, but I needed to explain this in plain English to avoid boring her and getting my point across. So, what follows is more or less what I told her. Here goes. The stock market is the only place where anyone can invest in human ingenuity. It's a bet on the future being better than it is today. Stocks can be thought of as a way to ride the coattails of intelligent people and businesses as they continue to grow and innovate. Short of owning your own business, buying shares in the stock market is the simplest way to own a slice of the business world. And the greatest part about owning shares in the stock market is you can earn money by doing nothing more than holding them. When companies pay out dividends to shareholders, you get cold hard cash sent to your brokerage or retirement account which you can choose to either reinvest or spend as you please. The stock market is one of the few places on earth where you can earn passive income without having to do any work whatsoever. All you have to do is buy and then wait. And if the global stock markets don't go up over the long haul, you'll have much bigger problems on your hands than your 401k balance. Many people like to compare the stock market to a casino, but in a casino, the odds are stacked against you. The longer you play in a casino, the greater the odds you'll be that you'll walk away a loser because the house wins based on pure probability. It's just the opposite with the stock market. The longer your time horizon, historically, the better your odds are at seeing a positive outcome. Now, these positive outcomes don't guarantee a specific rate of return, even over longer time frames, because if the stock market were consistent in these returns, then there would be no risk. And if there were no risk, there would be no wonderful long-term returns. And because there is risk involved in owning stocks, your returns can vary widely depending on when you invest in the market. It's been possible to lose money over decade-long periods. However, it is worth noting that even the worst returns over a 30-year period in the history of the U.S. stock market would have produced a total return of more than 850%. This is the beauty of compounding. The worst 30-year return for the S&P 500 gave you more than eight times your initial investment. The stock market is a compounding machine in other ways as well. Since 1950, the largest companies in the U.S. stock market have seen dividends paid out per share grow from roughly $1 to $60 by 2020. Profits have grown from $2 a share to $100 a share. Those are growth rates of 6,000 and 5,000% respectively over the past 70 years or so. Good enough for 6% annual growth rate for each. $1 invested in the U.S. stock market in 1950 would be worth more than $2,000 by the end of 2020. Having said all that, there is an unfortunate side effect of this long-term compounding machine. Stocks can rip your heart out over the short term. If there's an ironclad rule in the world of investing, it's that risk and reward are always and forever attached at the hip. You can't expect to earn outside gains if you don't expose yourself to the possibility of outside losses. The reason stocks earn higher returns than bonds or cash over time is because there will be periods of excruciating losses. That $1 invested in 1950 would grow to $17 by the end of 1972 and subsequently drop to $10 by the fall of 1974. From there, it would grow to $95 by the fall of 1987, only to drop to $62 over the course of a single week because of the Black Monday crash. That $62 would have turned into an unbelievable $604 by the spring of 2000 by the fall of 2002, that $604 would have been down to just $340. And after slowly working its way all the way back up to $708 by the fall of 2007, over the next year and a half, it would be cut in half to about $347 by March of 2009. And by the end of December 2009, that initial $1 was worth $537, which is less than the $590 it was worth a decade earlier by the end of 1999. So growing $1 into $2,000 sounds amazing, until you realize the many fluctuations it took to get there. The stock market only goes up a lot over the long term because sometimes it can go down a lot over the short term. The stock market is fueled by differences in opinions, goals, time horizons, and personalities over the short term and fundamentals over the long term. At times, this means stocks overshoot to the upside and go higher than fundamentals should dictate. Other times, stocks overshoot to the downside and go lower than fundamentals would dictate. The biggest reason for this is because people can lose their minds when they come together as a group. And as long as markets are made up of human decisions, it will always be like this. Think about how crazy fans get when their team wins, loses, or gets screwed over by the refs. These same emotions are at work every day when the money is involved in the stock market. Those emotions seem to be running extremely high at the moment. But I don't want people to lose sight of the fact that the stock market is not rigged against you. It's hard to beat over the short term, and sometimes it can feel unfair. But the stock market remains one of the best places for regular people to generate wealth please don't lose faith. For more from me, check out a wealth of This podcast is for informational purposes only and is brought to you by Ritholtz Wealth Management. Clients of Ritholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities mentioned on this podcast. If you're new to investing, check out liftoffinvest.com to get started with us today. So-